We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Victor Yero, uh, also known as PC for some reason. I, I don't know why. His jersey says Orlando on the drafting, but he plays for the Whitecaps. Uh, <laughs> he's number 94. 94, he's yeah. Defender who plays as a uh, left mid-attacking winger. Mm-hmm. So They literally got nothing right about this guy. There's a lot of messed up stuff here. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joining us this Friday, May 17th, by Daniel Bramlett, who has been hosting this MLS podcast for the past... It's been a while, uh, and you still haven't gotten in on the intro, and I feel like <laughs> everybody has made a comment now that they're like, it says like my name and Skylar and JD, and then it's like you start talking, right? And right. Um, I've described it as a little bit of a bait and switch, yep. but um, I'm not sure I'm gonna actually change it now because I, I yeah. think that's like a thing now, right? I described it, yeah, I described it as under promise, over deliver, right. which I think uh, you know was. <laughs> Uh, a good way to put it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what you're paying that that voice voice work who uh, 
actress who does the uh, the thing, but she must charge quite a lot because you haven't had a chance to enlist her services lately. I don't know. Uh, I just have uh, <laughs> I've been having trouble finding her is really the problem. So uh, right, right, so busy, super busy. Exactly, sure. exactly. But, uh, but no, it is good to be here, and I don't I love putting on the host hat um, because probably when I'm sitting with uh, JD and Skyler, they can analyze things a little bit better than I can anyway. So I don't mind. But um, but happy to to serve in the analyst role for this this slate, although. Uh, I'm sure you'll bring plenty of analysis yourself, Andrew, because you are no slouch at DFS. <laughs> Hardly. Um, selling yourself short, though. I've heard a, a few solo pods where there's plenty of analysis. But, yeah, we've got a four-game slate uh, for this Saturday. Uh, I'm assuming they're, they'll have an early slate posted um, like 45 minutes before lock. And yep. $12, $300 uh, prize pool GPP, right. no exactly. doubt. Of course. Um, uh, 250 to first and... 50 to everybody else. Uh, the Wednesday GPP, which um, was the biggest one we've had all year, $3,000 total, $1,000 to first, was such a huge success that they made this weekend's GPP exactly the same as last week's uh, and the week uh, before. Um, it seems uh, that you're they're... Breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart, Andrew. I don't, it's rough. I don't really know if we can like everybody's like they should be more aggressive and I like that's the word I guess but like it seems like they really should just be more realistic like these things seem to be filling I, I'll be honest that I'm not playing every MLS slate so like I don't I don't know if they're all filling but it seems like these main ones have been filling and now that the Premier League's over I mean right seems like I mean time. the, the $3,000 super sub filled up you know two hours plus before any starting 11s were dropped. So, I mean, right. that should indicate something of an interest. Uh, they, they posted another $12.750, which didn't even fill. So I think that kind of speaks to the point that, you know, it's that big number prize pool that's really going to draw people in. I think the $12, $12 for $750 was a little bit of a joke, and, and I don't think anyone would have even considerably, seriously considered entering yeah. that one. But everyone was jumping to the $12 3K, so it kind of makes you wonder, well, what if they had just taken that 750 uh, from the secondary GPP they opened up, threw it onto the first one in the first place, and instead of a 3K, you got a 4K, or hey, maybe even a 5K, and I'm sure those would have filled up because people like the big prize pools. That's what, you know, we have issues with the the payout structures, but I don't think anyone has ever uh, contested the the basic tenet that the large number of prize pools is what draws people into a sport they've never played before. So yeah, I I agree that I think it's the the total prize pool that is more attractive than necessarily first place, but maybe it's mm -hmm. because um, I've always kind of viewed it that way, but I, I don't know. It, it's uh, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is whatever. It was a fun contest. Actually, there was a lot of people. There's someone that uh, a non reg actually wanted, as far as I know, some username I never re recognized before, but a lot of the regs did pretty well. We had you know, our guys from the Rotowire chat, Mm -hmm. Placing up near the top uh, in a couple spots, so it was cool, and uh, it was a really it was fun to have a bigger prize pool. As we sweat the slate in our uh, Discord chat, you know, it kind of just added a little bit extra edge to it, so that's good. And yeah, so uh, with that, uh, we can wrap it up and move on to the next slate. Sorry. Yeah. So we got uh, four games uh, this Saturday. Uh, first lock is seven thirty p.m. Eastern. We've got Philadelphia uh, home against Seattle. They are uh, slightly favored, I guess. Um, eight o'clock, we've got Minnesota home against Columbus, uh, which is Minnesota is a, basically a favorite because they're at home. Um, mm -hmm. Kansas City uh, hosts Vancouver at eight thirty. 
Sporting Kansas City are the biggest favorite on the slate. Um, and with a decent implied goal total uh, for themselves. And then we've got Houston home against D.C., which D.C. put out basically anybody who showed up. The first 11 fans who showed up for the game on Wednesday got to play. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, and a, and a White House intern to right. spare. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to assume that we see uh, real players starting that, that match. But Houston is, is pretty solidly favored, not quite as big as Sporting Kansas City. But it's not, I mean, it's his MLS, so like home road doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, even uh, big uh, home underdog, or excuse me, big uh, home favorites, like that doesn't necessarily make me shy away from from the away teams. Although, actually, no, there's, there's probably not a team here that I'm like totally staying away from. But uh, did anything jump out at you at first? Like uh, when you saw these four games, like before you even saw prices, what were you thinking? Right. I mean, I'm sure you were thinking, like, if I can get, if Quintero is going to be available, I'll play him. <laughs> of but, course, of course. You know um, I love Darwin. But uh, the biggest thing to me, the biggest surprise was seeing Sporting KC at the top of the odds list. I mm. mean, they just got waxed the other day, uh, last time they played against DC United, right? And they uh, they just have not looked good. The injury problems have just been so bad. I was, I was shocked to see them. I mean, I, I'm not shocked to see them as a favorite at home against Whitecaps, but as the biggest favorite on the slate and with an implied goals allowed of under one kind of surprised me because I expect Vancouver to score on Sporting KC. They're not the most offensive, explosive, firepower team, but Sporting KC's look bad and their defense has been very, very bad. So uh, that, that surprised me a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, if there's anything, I mean, Vancouver played on Wednesday and Sporting Kansas City didn't, so they're you know much more rested. But, I mean, even that, I don't know. It. It, it was a bigger margin than I was expecting, but um, right. that's all. Because of that, though, once I looked in and was like, "All right, Sporting Kansas City is the biggest favorite," it's like I'm loading up Johnny Russell and not really thinking much else about it. Yeah, I mean, Russell's been great this year. Uh, he's been awesome. He's fully rested away control of all the set pieces. I think uh, after splitting with uh, Zeus for a long time last year, mm -hmm. he's pretty much the man when it comes to their corner kicks and free kicks. Uh, if I I can check the free kick tracker here on the cheat sheet real quick to it's him. be certain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. what right? He's got five times as many as anyone else on the team. Felipe Gutierrez was there uh, for a little bit, but I definitely like Russell as a play. Um, if, you, if you look at the salary list, he's the second most expensive forward. And as, but it's tough for me to like pull the trigger on anyone else in that in that KC attack. You know, we look at Shallowy who had been out for a long time and finally got back in, but wasn't that great last week, but he is a good player and he, I could see him maybe being better this week than the last game. Nemeth, an okay score again, but I, I don't, it's tough to get excited about the rest of cases. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, pretty much all the way down every position. I'm just like, I think Russell's going to be enough. I mean, he's expensive enough where it's not like you're going to be mm -hmm. loading up anybody, but um, did you like him more than Quintero? Yeah, I think I do because of the set pieces. I mean, as far as who I'd rather watch play, I'd rather obviously rather rather <laughs> watch uh, the Minnesota Columbus match and see Darwin just you know clowning those fools. But um, when it comes to floor points on a DFS lineup, I think for a slightly discounted price, you're going to want to look at Russell first mm -hmm. because he's got the set pieces. He also has some goal scoring upside. Now I will uh, caveat that if if Young Gray Goose is out of the lineup, then you can probably expect the corners to revert back to Quintero, and then I would 
maybe have a little bit more of a decision there. And there's still a chance I could try to jam in both. We mm-hmm. haven't really gone uh, – we'll sort of determine that as we go through the rest of the forward pool. But if I had to only play one, I'm going to go Russell at the top over Q. Okay. Uh, I mean, given the number of guys that you probably want to consider in, in the top of the forward list, like I think you're going to end up paying up at both spots, uh, at least in cash games. Oh, like yeah. it, It's a pretty standard – situation i feel like in mls that we tend not to get like cheap forwards that you really want to play but i mean we've got tough decisions because we've got elise and minotis who um played wednesday but they're home now against this dc side uh ladero traveling to philly it's not necessarily a game that you are shying away from but it's also their second game in four days so um, right. We'll have and he, that. He has he has kind of, you know, for the most part, reestablished his his double digit floor in any mm-hmm. matchup, which is good. You mm-hmm. know, he's finally gotten away from some of the inconsistencies and in duds. It's a little rough looking at him on the road for ninety one hundred. Philly has not been bad. I mean, they've been no. they've been good at, at frustrating their opponents, if not necessarily, you know, not necessarily dominating. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, you 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 look at this and you're thinking, okay. Boom, cash construction, boom, uh, forwards, Russell Ladero, set piece takers on favorites, or not favorite, uh, Philadelphia's slight favorite. You know, set piece takers who control the ball for their team, and uh, you're like, boom, lock them both in, both in right? Uh, I don't know. Is that is it that simple? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I, I mean, I, I understand why, but I, I guess – the the one guy that like jumps out at me of like maybe why you don't necessarily play Ladero is Wayne Rooney, mm-hmm. um, who didn't start on Wednesday. Uh, I I think you pretty much have to decide whether you think Rooney playing in Houston is better than Ladero traveling to Philly. I mean, I think they're mm-hmm. both fine. I think you're probably playing Russell instead of one of them. Like I don't think you're, and you're probably not mm-hmm. playing all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- there's a way to get all three. You're kind of sacrificing in a decent number of other spots, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I, if, you, if you look at Ladero versus Rooney, I mean, let's look at it. They're both on somewhat short rest, right? Although Rooney didn't play that first half. So right. he was, you know, theoretically more rested than Ladero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rooney in Houston in May is a lot different than Rooney in Houston in August. True, true enough. And, you know, Houston's a team that, you know, from what I gather, Houston doesn't mind sort of, you know, a wide open back and forth game, whereas Philly has been trying to be a little bit more in control, especially in their home games. So I feel like DC is probably going to have more chance of some, you know, some bigger attacks than Seattle. But I, you know, that I could be wrong there. That's just kind of a hunch. Obviously, there's, there's uh, I don't know. I, I also will say it looked like as I was I was watching DC can, uh, versus Kansas City. Acosta really did not look good. He looked a little banged up. He, you know, there's a chance. I wouldn't be shocked to see him see, uh, sit out this game, in which case, I don't know, would that make you more inclined to play Rooney because he kind of gets a little bit more of the offense or less because their offense as a whole doesn't work well together? I'm not 100% sure. But. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't think it changes my mind either way. Mm-hmm. Enough for me to be like, I'm definitely on Rooney or definitely off of him. Like, I, I think he's a fine play. Um, I think you're basically choosing him over Ladero if you're, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, yeah, for, down for, to it. for, for floor forwards, it's those three basically. And then obviously you can make the decision if you want to chase a goal with some of the other guys. <clears throat> right. Which seems like it would be the Houston guys, like on the literally mm-hmm. the other side of that game or right. um, if Rui Diaz gets back in, but um, 
the one Which guy who you kind of guess it on the Houston guys, exactly. unfortunately. But, but if you guess right, it could be huge. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it's like a Manchester City situation, but like you, it could be any of them. And right, I mean, right. If you watch them play, I mean, they're they're very very fun to watch because yeah, they the attack comes from everywhere. And yeah. Elise is growing into one of the very best players in the league. I, I would imagine he's gonna be looking for a transfer overseas after this year. And Minotas has played really well, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Kyoto, one... Kyoto got in. Kyoto's been coming off the bench. I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, but Andrew, my bad. But Kyoto came in off the bench uh, the last game and absolutely just was dominant. As soon as he came on, he just completely took over the game. So I, I don't know what to expect from these guys. Yeah, 10, 10 points in eight minutes. Insane. Yeah. Like three shots on goal, I think. Yeah, yeah, three out of four. Uh, I mean, yeah, and I'm not sure you're necessarily taking him over Minotis or Elise unless I mean I guess there's a path for Kyoto to get set pieces again it's just not it's not gonna be as obvious in this you know in his first start back but right um Prisbelko Shabilko come Shabilko? on come on I don't man. watch anything on with volume so I don't know how to pronounce it uh, get your central European <laughs> Z, uh ZY syllable pronunciations right come yeah, on it's usually not uh, my, uh, my wheelhouse but um Katsper Shabilko my new favorite player Shabilko, I've rostered yeah. this guy three times and he's scored uh, every time I ever play him I play him so he's great he he's making me wonder if he deserves to be in the conversation as like a cash game forward like he has no set pieces, he doesn't cross at all, but the guy takes a ton of shots. He puts a bunch on goal. He's scoring, mm-hmm. which you know I understand we're not supposed to be thinking of. He draws fouls, and he's a home favorite. Like I'm not sure the difference between him and Rooney and Ladero is that great, which sounds nuts when I actually say it out loud. Right, right. It's like you can always count on uh, shots on goal floor until you can't. Right. Yeah. So I mean it. it it can it can come back to bite you because uh, that zero floor on some of these goal dependent forwards really is a zero floor, even if you know they they haven't hit it in a while. Mm-hmm. So it can be tough. I do love Shabilko. Um, he's a he's just a, a really physically imposing player, and he he doesn't seem afraid to like sort of get up in the center backs grills, yeah. which I think allows him to, you know, some of his shots that he gets are just like you know glancing headers and things like that that may not even have much of a shot to go in, but hey, they give you a fancy point. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got no beef with him. It's it's tough to call him a cash forward just based on you know my all my training experience of of coming up under uh, the tutelage of the crossing school and set piece school. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, on smaller slates, I, I have played him and, and considered him in cash. I don't know if I can consider him as as a preferable cash forward to the three guys we mentioned already. But I get what you're saying. I don't think you're totally totally crazy at all. Does it go beyond flair? Uh, it's good question. Flair. Good question. Good question. Yeah, I mean, he's right in the middle of that cash versus cash with Flair. Let, let's give him Flair status. Just, just to, uh, <laughs> fair enough. Um, the only other guy that I really thought about, and I didn't really think of him that long, is Freddie Montero, who all of a sudden is on set pieces for Vancouver, and I mean, they're the biggest underdog on the slate, but he's also uh, twenty. <laughs> 300 less than mm-hmm. than Johnny Russell. Um, short rest doesn't help, but um, I don't know. that He's like basically 1,000 or 2,000 less than the other guys that you're thinking about. So I don't think he's crazy. I just don't think he's going to end up in my lineup. Yeah, I, I can't play him at 7,500 on the road. 
the, he has had some good performances lately. I think you have to chalk a little bit of that of that up to matchups. I mean, Portland not a great defense at Colorado not a great defense. I mean, these are some of the games where he's put up his bigger scores. Mm-hmm. Um, home against Seattle, he did have a good game, good fantasy game at Houston where he scored a goal and got about eight more floor points on top. But I don't know. I mean, the the set pieces are interesting. He he was good enough against Atlanta, but uh, at eight K he brought home seven point two five in a home matchup where they didn't have much of the ball on the road for 7,500 where they conceivably are again, not going to have much of the ball. It, it it's all depends on what you think of KC. If you think KC's injury problems are so bad that they're going to look terrible again, like they did against DC United, then I could see uh, rostering mm-hmm. Montero, but I'll probably stay away from him. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, anybody further down the list? It gets ugly, like really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, as I go down, uh, whoops, like we're probably not getting Zoltan again. Um, no, and he was he was completely like he absolutely did. He was awesome in the first half, and then yeah. disappeared as soon as Rooney and Acosta came on yep. the pitch. So, so that's probably what you can expect from him. Yeah, great nice. play when Rooney's out, though. Great play when Rooney's mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. at that price. Um, Lass has finally sort of gotten into the starting lineup on a regular basis, but he just still doesn't do much. I right. think he he plays on the outside, but he doesn't cross that much. So it's like, yeah, what do you want to do with that? Right. Uh, <laughs> and he doesn't take a lot of shots, and he's right. Uh, not drawing that many fouls, so right. yeah, I'm, I'll pass on that. JMO, I think, is out, or he he pulled up lane. Right, he left early, right? Yeah, um, last game. And then it's like just no man's land, guys I've never heard of. Yeah, this is really bad. Uh, Ocampo Chavez for uh, the Sounders, I think, is playing with the under seven, the U.S. under seventeens right now. So uh, <laughs> no chance for a value for there. I don't know. They, none of this, none of these guys are good. Right. So I'm not. Too- about it right it just uh, kind of accentuates why you will probably end up paying up at both spots yeah i i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you 100 percent. yeah um <clears throat> all right who's Mid-field. the cheapest guy who's the cheapest guy oh. in consideration for you let me just put it to you that way I got um him. rooney no <laughs> um <laughs> it might cheap. be rooney I could see that. I, I mean, I would i would consider if i'm in a goal chase situation i would probably go all the way down to uh Jaya Senio and just oh. hope, he, hope he can score for fifty eight hundred. Uh, he may be able to find it, find it a goal in a few shots. Uh. We'll see. We'll see. I, trust me, the chances of that happening are about as big as the chances of me convincing you to start saying Jaya Senio. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To him, so, uh, <laughs> I guess we can move on. <laughs> um, is there any way you don't play Pedro Santos? Uh, if I forget to submit my right. rosters before lock, right. okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seems like uh, the difference between Santos and Iguain, like if you look at the, the free kick tracker that we have on our cheat sheets, like you're like, Oh, that's actually pretty close. But like, if you actually look into their stats, like they're not close at all. And Pedro Santos is just so much farther ahead. Right. And Santos is just the guy that's like the dream fantasy player because, he doesn't really care if there's someone to cross to. He's in the spot to cross from, so he's going to cross it. Like, right. It's perfect. You yeah. know, so. That's exactly what we look for all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's also taking shots. He draws fouls. Like the Right. He's on the ball a lot. He's yeah. almost always on the ball. For yep. Him, so. yep. So, I mean, obviously playing Minnesota is not going to shy you away, even away. So, um he seems pretty, yeah, and he's re- reasonably reasonably priced. So seems it, yeah, for the matchup, um, for sure. Um, who's next that you're looking at? 
you know, I might keep it in the same stadium and just go across to Grey Goose. Um, he's he's in that defensive mid spot. His price is way up, which gives me a little bit of hesitation because really I'm, I, I'm used to playing him in the the mid low sixes, and he's at seventy two hundred. So maybe not, but uh, uh, he's a guy that I feel like I've been playing more than the rest of people out there, and uh, to generally good effect. Uh, if Quintero's out, I would definitely try to get Grey Goose just mm-hmm. because he, be- he becomes more focal point of the attack, but. He is a little pricey, so I if I want to look a little lower, you know, don't don't sleep on. Uh, well, actually, go, do sleep on him. Sorry, I was going to say don't sleep on Benny Fellhaber. Then I looked at it, saw his price. I thought he was again. He's sixty three hundred. Uh, he was inserted straight into the uh, KC lineup, and and he he seemed like he was getting involved. I don't know necessarily how many fantasy points he's going to get, but uh 6300 a little much I, I would have preferred him down under in under six in the five range i just um i just checked the scoring rules and there you don't get any points for involved <laughs> let me check let me just check exactly what it is. okay two and a quarter yeah all right i shouldn't have mentioned fail Harbor, but i do i did like what he was i did like what he was the way he looked out on the pitch for a team that like is injury you know the mash unit Marty. mash unit and they need yeah they need some people to to rely on i just feel like he i could see him doing a little better than he did in the previous game, especially as the big home fave. But uh, that's t- that's too big of a jump for me. Yeah, especially well, if you're playing Russell. Like if Russell yeah, doesn't so. play, then like I guess you can. St- I, there's a a number of dominoes that need to fall for me to end up there. All right, well, let's go with a much better choice for the same salary and uh, talk about Paul Ariola, Paul Ariola, who uh, has been really good for fantasy almost every game in game out this year. Whether he's playing at fullback, whether he's playing at attacking wing, and against Houston. Seems to play right into his style of play, which is quick counterattacks and a big sweeping moves to grab an assist or a goal. So what do you think of Ariola? I pretty much never play him, um, which doesn't mean one one thing or the other. Like I just feel like I never end up where he is, and I think this slate is the same. Like I'm not sure I'm not sure you're in this range at all. Um because I think that there are defenders like close here that you're probably mm-hmm. playing. And so I, I, I think there's a, a case where you play Santos and you kind of try to find some sort of value all the way down. Like super cheap, super cheap. Right. Yeah, because you, you may be right there because I'm looking – when I just plug Ladero, Russell, and Santos, that leaves you with 4600 per player for your last five spots. So mm-hmm. obviously that's going to – Rule out a lot of the six six K range midfielders for a second, man. That's a great point. We did skip over who I uh, just would since we seem to have to talk about him in every single pod. Uh, thoughts this week on uh, Fabian for uh, Philadelphia? If he's going to play, he is questionable. But yeah. let's assume he plays. At, uh, are you going to try to go there, or is it again? That's too much of a, a sticky spot in the salary range. Um, I think he's the type of player that you try to make it work but like coming off the injury he his minutes are already seem like pretty sketchy even when he's fully fit and Mm -hmm. not that the matchup is is that bad I mean Seattle's fine but like I don't I'm not sure I want to pay 7800 for like 66 minutes of Fabian yeah yeah I agree and so and and most of the guys around him just kind of fall in the same spot I mean Gutierrez for KC, you know, some minor set piece duty, but doesn't really bring a ton of the floor. Uh, Montero for Philly, uh, has, his price has gone way, way up. Yeah. And production's going down. Uh, Harry Ship, 
No. For Seattle, another one. Just he's he, if you got on him a couple games ago, you're probably happy, but you don't want to pay 6,400 this week. The the <laughs> I uh, was speaking to somebody before the Wednesday slate, and they were like, "Oh, we might like let me look at Harry Ship. Like I think he could be good." Mm-hmm. And the expectation was like maybe I can get like a forty six hundred dollar Harry Ship, and he was seven thousand. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And like sixty four hundred Harry Ship. That's not selling me either. No, no, it's definitely not, especially not on the road against a team that has been decent enough, like we said before, at frustrating opponents, what opponents want to do. I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is where I'm like, yes, I'll pay 6400 for Harry Ship. Like, Maybe in a showdown? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. 6400 6, in showdown. showdown. Yeah, with, uh, there, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't um, mention either Houston guy, though. Oh, yeah, Memo. Uh, we got to can't forget about memo and tomas i mean we're so big on the houston forwards but again how do you right it's crazy because i I think if you just look at all the teams on this slate whose spot do i like the best i think i like houston's spot the best of any of the eight teams at all overall but i just it's tough to like narrow in on a play that you want to put in that spot you know i think that's the the toughest thing is that um and i agree like well i don't know if houston is the best spot um but it's it's certainly a good one, but yeah, it's like how many guys are you considering from this team, and it literally could be like five, mm-hmm. and I think that you'll go to make your lineup and you'll have zero mm-hmm. and you're just like how does that work that you're like, this is the situation I want. There are lots of players I can take, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have any of them. It's really weird, yeah, because I think it's the pricing, obviously, that kind of sets up that dynamic. I mean, they're just they're all above eight thousand, so you're not going to be able to get more than two of them at the max, and 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 really just one if you're trying to get some of the, you know, you're going to have to be choosing Elise over Ladero or Manotas right. over Russell or something like that. So, though you don't want to leave Russell and uh, Ladero slash Rooney off your cash lineup necessarily. So it's like, how do you fit them in? But I think that we. I would not be surprised to see the top of the GPP, you know, with, with three Houston guys and just, they, they nailed the, the correct three. Right. So. Right, right. All right. I see that. Um, sorry. Where were we going down this list? Um, your boy Aronson's starts seem to be, uh, <sighs> gone, so. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Do you play? We had a good run. We had a good run. No, no, I don't. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. uh, if, if he started with no Fabian, I'd, I think about it, but I mean, the guys, his points are just, have just, uh, yeah. dwindled, dwindled to very, very few these mm-hmm. days. He, mm-hmm. Good player. Obviously I love, can't wait to see what he does, uh, in the U S national shirt as the years go on, but he has faded from my, uh, my fantasy eye lately. And the same thing for, uh, for my guy, Wong Imbom. Uh-huh. you know, he just, he was, he was the sauce for a minute and yeah. now he's just not the sauce anymore. It's yeah. He was fun for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not the sauce anymore. I like that. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Uh, and and now we're getting down into the range where we feel like we will probably be looking for the, the second mid. So, I mean, you know, just kind of updating, you know, I'm looking at Russell Lodero Santos with the, the – every one of those guys has sort of like a, a Houston equivalent that you could sub in instead for mm-hmm. maybe a little uniqueness or risky – you know, a little riskier, um, higher – Leverage payoff, if you will, um, on some of those guys. But then, so yeah, we're going to need to be down in this range starting in about the 4,500s, which starts with Wong. Uh, you've got Lucho Rodriguez for D.C. And you've got Venuto for Vancouver, both road wingers, but they've 
been pretty nice. Uh, wh- where are you going when you get down to this range, Andrew? Um, I- I'm in kind of in a dead zone because I, I think it- it's a weird situation where I think these guys are better than the ones that are further down, but I don't think it's enough where I think I actually will keep going down um, for possibly two of these guys and pay up at both defender spots. Maybe it's like, it's almost, I think you're right that this is where you start to look, but I think this is kind of on the higher end. And like, I think Venuto is fine. This is the higher end. <laughs> I, I think it is. Yeah. 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 Um, uh Oh, I think it's going to be ugly. Like Rasmus Schuller, come on down. That's funny. That you say that. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> um, I don't think he's necessarily the, uh, the guy, but, the one that I was looking at was Miguel Ibarra. Okay. And um, he kind of is, he's one of these guys that if you look at his game logs and he they're like fairly consistent uh, and you're like, oh, he actually does like a bunch of other, a bunch of things, but he never does them all in the same game. So like, you're like, <laughs> oh wow, he drew three fouls and two tackles and you're like, that's great. And he's like, oh, zero shots. And you're like, oh, here's a game. He had three shots. Oh, but he didn't draw any fouls and one tackle. So like, that's incredible. He is able to do it all. He just doesn't do it all at the same time. And so, but at 3,700 at home, I, I can yeah. get five points out of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bash that play. I mean, it's a play, it's a, you know, it's, it's a lot of times you hear people say, oh, well, down at that price, you know, what do you need to get? You know, it's not that risky. You know, how much risk can you have for a 3,700 player? Well, you risk a zero in your lineup and just the opportunity cost of the chance that you could have got some points. I think we all learned that on Wednesday's slate with uh, Ward, the $2,600 D.C. United yeah. defender eligible winger who winger, was yeah. 80, 80% owned and returned a 0.5 yeah. fantasy score. And it's like, you know. In that case, that was almost extreme at being 2,600, but still, like, there is some risk with these guys, just the risk of a zero. So mm-hmm. just never forget that. I do like Ibarra, and I love every, I think your analysis is spot on, actually. Um, as far as that goes, I, it's it's just a matter of putting it all together, right? And you, you can't really be choosing a lot. I'll tell you what really tilted me more than anything was on Wednesday, uh, Felipe yeah. for uh, Vancouver. Uh, I mean, he didn't have that great of a game. He only had 4.5, but... But I was up uh, in a in a big head to head or whatever with uh, a guy who had him sort of in the spot where I had Pity Martinez. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I've got this thing aced, yeah. you know, no problem. And then, you know, for half the salary, Felipe gets like half a point less than mm-hmm. Pity. Mm-hmm. Pity just had a, a rough scoring game. He actually played a decent game in her life, but uh, so yeah, I'm tilted on Felipe. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm gonna like use my opponent's tools against me and roster um, <laughs> uh, flip at the script and roster him this time. Uh, Especially not on the road, but just these cheap guys that you never know what you're gonna get. Like the and a lot of times like the worst is you get a you you get a thirty five hundred dollar mid and you're like, Okay, God, just give me some points or whatever and then like, you know, three or four minutes in, boom, shot on goal, foul drawn. You're like, Oh wow, they got three points already. Like they I could be getting double digits for, for cheap here. This is amazing. And then like an hour later, they're still on three points. So yeah, yeah or it happens. Or it just starts chipping away. Foul committed, foul committed. Yes. And then you know the yeah. yellow cards any minute. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, but I guess the way like <clears throat> Ibarra just stuck out. Um, I don't know why he stuck out, just because right. I happen to be looking at it. But like, is the difference between Ibarra and Huang or Venuto or I mean, 
you're not gonna. It, it, I don't think it got much right. It, it. I would want to see where Wong and Venuda line up, um, because sometimes Wong's up a little higher up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't like it on the road. I think I'd rather just take a home guy for cheaper, like you said, who who you're just trying to get a few defensive stats. This is kind of, you and I. This is kind of like a safe space for talking about defensive stats as a floor. I feel like yeah, yeah you and yeah, I, yeah. because you and I are the few people who who consider that a lot of times. Some of our fellow pod partners uh, tend to poofed it a little mm-hmm, bit and mm-hmm. looked down their noses. So, well, so I think, I'm with. I think I, I'm looking. I'm sitting here looking at Ozzy Alonso and thinking it, maybe he can get a few uh, tackles, one and draw a foul or two. You know. So I mean, the the biggest argument against it, and I to- I totally get it, is there's no upside in winning a tackle. Like, if you send in a cross, you can get an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually don't. In fact, the number of crosses to assists, it takes a significant number. And that's assuming that every assist comes from a cross. Um, but I realize there's no upside to that. Like, there's, an, there's no right. upside. Theoretically, the possibility is there, at least, though. Exactly. When you cross. And, and that's why you would rather a guy get one point for a shot than one point for a foul drawn, because the foul drawn... The play is over, and a shot could go in. Who knows? Yeah, usually when your guy gets a foul drawn, that means someone else is about to get fancy. <laughs> right, from, exactly, from exactly. Piece, so, yeah. So, like, I, I, I understand why people don't like playing these guys. Um, however, if you are taking a guy who is going to get five points from his tackles won and fouls drawn and his four interceptions, um, I would rather that than the guy who – will take two crosses and take one shot and that's it. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the unlikely ceiling from that guy um, is just so rare versus me just collecting these defensive stats. I like that you called this a safe right. space. I feel so yeah. I feel liberated right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, yeah, I'm with you. I, I get it. And uh, I totally get the upside argument too, but I think that uh, you have to sort of just consider like you, this is something that I really didn't start doing as much until I started playing a lot of showdown slates. But, you you know, I did a little bit beforehand. But you really want to consider, like, where is this game going to be played as far in terms of where on the pitch? You know, like, is this a, is this matchup going to lead to a lot of stuff out in the wings and the corners? Then you want to look for cross guys. Is this a matchup that's going to be bogged down in midfield, which Minnesota-Columbus I could potentially see that being? You know, like, then you want to look to the guys in, in – the defensive matchup. So uh, I don't know if people do enough of like applying how a player scores his fantasy points to the matchup that he's in. They just say, they say this is a good matchup because it's against a bad team, or this is a bad matchup because it's a bad team, and they're not really sort of considering the texture of that matchup in terms of like where the ball's going to be on the pitch for most of the ninety minutes. So Minnesota Columbus, I think, is a midfield style game, and I wouldn't be uh, opposed to playing a, a central defensive mid from one of the teams and just hoping to get you know five to six points and open up other spots in your lineup to chase the upside. How much money do you think you're going to win with your Quintero, Miguel Ibarra, Ozzy Alonso lineup? Uh, like all of well, it? All of the 250, yeah. Yeah, just all of the money, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, there's actually, you know, I think it's a good segue because it kind of moves us to who may be the very best Minnesota play of all, really, when we're, you know, if we're talking real lineup building. And that's on the defensive side, and that's Roman uh, Metnire, yeah. who... Is touching six thousand now, but he's giving you all the production of a six thousand dollar midfielder with the potential of a clean sheet bonus on top of it. Yeah, Metnire was the one that when we were talking about the the Fail Hobbers and Aronson and Ariola, like 
I'd rather pay 400 less and get Metnire. And um, when it was like, I think I'll pay up for both uh, defender spots, like he was the first one. Like there are other guys who I think are good plays, but he was easy. And, but he's the reason why I'm like, do I really want two pieces of Minnesota and having mm-hmm. neither of them be Quintero if he starts? <laughs> right, right. But maybe hey, I do. Just, he's singularly minded on getting the ball down the field and getting it in the box. So yeah. I, I really do love Matt Nair. His, his game is awesome. He doesn't care what's happening. He just wants to do one thing. And he tackles and tackles and tackles too. He, he gets back. So the rare attacking fullback who, who doesn't shirk his defensive uh, responsibilities, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, it's really who else are you playing? Um, right. I think the this Seattle just... guys are fine. They it seems a little expensive on the road, which JD's probably just shaking his head. But like <laughs> short rest this tri- trip, like I, I'm not sure I need to pay fifty five hundred if Brad Smith keeps you know gets a start. Right. And Smith, I don't know what the details are a hundred percent, but I do know that we're getting close to the time where he joined Seattle on a one-year loan, right? So I, I don't think he has a new deal set up to stay with Seattle. So there's potential that he could be playing, you know, in his final month or so of, of playing for the Sounders here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes me want to play him more or less. It probably doesn't have too much of an impact really on what he's going to do in this game, but something to consider that you may not be able to roster him much longer in MLS contests. Who knows? Um, it's really crazy for me to see my, my darling, cheapy Philadelphia fullbacks, uh, Kai Wagner and Ambizo up here at the, in the price of 5,400, 5,800. I'm just like, uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I just play these guys for 3,500. This is no, no good. I, uh, I those always I make me feel worse. This, there there yeah. are people who are like, I used to play him at 3,500 and I, I feel so sharp now cause they're 5,500 and like, how good was I? And it just makes me sad. Like, I just, <laughs> well, I'd have, Definitely not saying to point out that I'm good or anything like that. More just uh, lamenting that I don't get to mm-hmm, sneak mm-hmm. those plays in anymore. But I, um, I, I don't think – I think the one thing that's very true about DraftKings pricing when it comes to defenders is that fullback prices go way go up very fast and they come down very slow. So yeah. a lot of times you you see an Ambizo have two or three really great games, awesome games, you know, sub 4K, and they jack him up to – of you know the mid fives and it's like he's gonna have to have 10 bad games in a row before that that price comes down to low fours again just because that i don't know exactly how it works but that's how it's uh, gone in practice for me over the years so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what are you thoughts I'm much on more Lund? likely to look down to ali adnan i like him at 5100 yeah lundquist who i think you were just about to ask yep. I, I usually don't play lundquist unless uh memo rodriguez or, or thomas martinez or both is out of the houston lineup because mm-hmm. That is what gives him the sort of the setup to take free uh, corner kicks and mm-hmm, free kicks. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind Lundqvist, uh, Lundqvist uh, uh, the amazing spelling changing name mm-hmm. from last year. This still tilts me a little bit, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he has been getting a good number of crosses in even without sets. I, I suppose if I look at his game logs, he, maybe he's not quite as bad as I thought, <laughs> or even better than you thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah. I, I like Ali Adnan. I like Ali Adnan a little bit better. You yeah, know, that's those were the basically the two that I was looking at to pair with Metnire, um, which is why doing that makes means you're going to end up paying down for two midfielders, one of which or, is in that or midfield and util, right? You, you, you that's what I mean. Santos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure it's a three defender slate, but maybe there's some. Yeah, well. Look, 
let's look a little lower on the list and see yeah, if we can find a third defender we like. I mean, uh, Jara has been so-so for, for yeah. DC. He, again, smaller slate, I'd probably be looking at him a little little more. I would definitely check to make sh- to see if you can see if uh, PC starts for Vancouver. He's always a uh, a baller, I feel. He came in as a sub last game, a halftime mm-hmm. sub, I think, last game. And let me check exactly what he did. Victor Giro. For those, who yeah, are, uh, yeah, yeah. Victor Euro, uh, also known as PC for some reason, I, I don't know why. Uh-huh. His jersey says Orlando on the DraftKings, but he plays for the Whitecaps. Uh, <laughs> he's number ninety-four. Ninety-four, he's yeah. Defender who plays as a uh, left mid-attacking winger. Mm-hmm. So there's they a really lot got of, nothing right about this guy. There's a lot of messed up stuff here. And he but, had zero points in seventy-nine minutes two games ago. Yeah. So, but again, that's against Philly, who we we who I keep harping on is is better defensively than people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did come in and get three points in 25 minutes against Atlanta when they were down and chasing the game a little bit. Not a great play, but just if he's up in an advanced position, he's 3,900. So just keep it in mind. Uh, beyond that, Akeem Ward has, has been – he was rewarded for his terrible game by having a price hike. I guess the algorithm caught his ownership there or something like that. There's no way he starts again. No, no, there's definitely – yeah, he was a halftime, so he was yeah. – I mean – he was terrible. Uh, Shout out to Ray Gaddis. Still waiting for that first goal, though. It could happen. It could happen on a, on a counter here. He just needs to take one shot first. And then, Where is, uh... speaking of guys who, who don't have the upside from their uh, fantasy points, Gaddis needs to take a shot, and that will probably be uh, easier to score on than winning a tackle. <laughs> just a thought. <clears throat> I'm not a big tactics guy, but I'm pretty sure... That shots lead to more goals than tackles one. That's a that's a brilliant insight. That's that's the kind of uh, insight people pay for on mm-hmm. this podcast, that's right. on this free podcast, right? <laughs> Money's worth on that one. You're welcome. Yeah. Where is I'm looking for him? Where's Dem- I couldn't find. Oh, there, 4,500. Demarcus Beasley. He returned to the lineup after injury last week and did some Demarcus Beasley things, but probably not for 4,500. Yeah, you're not going to play Demarcus Beasley. Nah, but I, I can mention him. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd rather play PC or, you know, if he was in. Or I also keep an eye out for Pedroso yeah. for DC United. Not the best matchup, but he did. Uh, he's sort of getting accustomed to his new team. And he, he could, for 4,000, I could see maybe four or five points if you're, if you're desperate. But Tell probably as far as you're going cheaper, be huh? Yeah, Leardom used to be a lot better. Well, he was scoring all those goals. That Talk yeah. about tilt. Yeah, I, the first three Seattle slates of the season, I faded Leardom and he beat me every single every time. time. I, just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was so so brutal. So you don't want to play that. now to just keep chasing that? No, hell no, hell <laughs> no. More, I'll I'll just I prefer to stay bitter. Andrew. Okay, I'll just I'll just be bitter over here. That's fine. Um, if we're gonna need a really cheap cheap defender, who do you like? Because I'm looking at this list and I don't see anybody I like. Nobody. So I'm 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 sort of getting to the pay up for two uh, idea that you were mentioning earlier. But is there anyone that I think PC is the, really the only one. I mean, um, I fall into the Hector Jimenez trap sometimes, but... The back. He's a, he, a back. That's my yeah. favorite thing I ever came up with. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to go on. I mean, Eric Miller? Like, I, I think you're just you're right. flipping a coin He's at this point. Outside, but, yeah. I'd rather flip my coins with midfielders. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree. And there's a couple cheap. There's some cheap. There's some center backs under three thousand that are all pretty much exactly the same. If you just need someone to fill out a lineup, I suppose. So, I'm I'm seeing myself in the pay up for double defender camp mm-hmm. with you. 
mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, it just seems like they're they're better than midfield. Like I think the lower end midfielders will be more valuable than the lower end defenders, and so you might as well just pay up a defender, and you mm-hmm. can go a little cheap at midfielder if you need one or two for your you know, one, and then your utility. I'm not about to roll out twenty nine hundred dollar Kim Kihi just because I need twenty nine hundred. Like I think if right. you're there, I, you made a mistake. I think I fell into that trap on a recent slate, and it reminded me why that's always a bad move. So, <laughs> so I just filled out a dummy. Reminders. Sorry, I just filled out a dummy lineup with the cheapest keeper and every other player that I want, and my utility spot uh, is perfectly set for Wong and Bomb. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, there we go. I think. Or Demarcus Beasley, either one of those guys fits perfectly into into utilities. So neither one that I want to play. So I think I'm going to have to make some changes here. But uh, do you have any thoughts on goalkeeper or anything you want to talk about there? No. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. I I think um, I think there's every reason for people to chase Bill Hamid again. Um, sure. Or Crapo, they chase Crapo again. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, I think there's really no. There's nothing, especially in MLS, but there's like nothing that separates these guys. Um, like if you think there's like ridiculous variance in Premier League goalkeepers, like play MLS for a little while and you'll see it just doesn't like they should all be the same price because mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. Uh, like I don't see why you would build a lineup or how you build a lineup and you end up with 5,700 left for Tim Melia. Like I just. I don't see how right. you, get you should there. upgrade somewhere else at right. that point, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think Hamid, uh, Crepo will be fine. I think Stefan Fry at Philly, like, I think that's fine. Philly, uh, Seattle's pretty strong defensively. He's oh, he comes up big sometimes. So, like, mm-hmm. I think you're you're more likely to go with one of those guys. And then, who is the cheapest uh, home guy? Minone. I mean, he's fine. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting Columbus to score, but but I do expect to have Pedro Santos in there for his floor. So, mm-hmm. you know, not a not a straight uh, kamikaze necessarily there, but <laughs> I'm still usually against it just because you are looking for maybe some assist upside from Santos. I think at his price, and, sure. You know, you you may not want to go with Manone. Uh on any slate that's bigger than three. Uh, it's almost a lock that I will play the cheapest keeper and, and just let the chips fall where mm-hmm. they may. But um, I didn't do that on Wednesday, unfortunately. I actually paid up and uh, got a clean sheet draw out of Westberg, and that ended up costing me everything because all my opponents had Hamid and Kripo. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Uh, and uh, I think there was oh Atnella, Atnella for Portland had 14 points after conceding a goal. So it just seems like whenever you pay up for a goalkeeper, not you specifically, maybe me. Every time I pay up for a goalkeeper, and even if they have a good game, um, it's not the 30 that I feel like you really that you need to like be like man I nailed goalkeeper and so it's just yep. like there's always regret and you're yep. just like did I really just spend 5800 for two points and that's <laughs> two points is when I nail the goalkeeper like positive points is I'm I'm in but like it just doesn't seem like there's ever a a point where you're like thrilled that you paid up a goalkeeper yeah that's it ever it's yeah. just so tilting. It's the most tilting position. I mean, you guys say it. You and Andrew said, uh, you and uh, Jordan say it on the EPL pod. You know, it's the most important decision you make, and it's completely random. So it is what it is. Uh, 
it, it just kind of sucks. I, I just It's a good maybe opportunity to talk for a quick second about that. DK sent out a survey to some of the soccer players this week about, like, what do you like about playing soccer? What would you change? And hopefully everybody took the time to just give their best scenario for fixing or improving. I won't say fixing. I'll say improving goalkeeper scoring because there are some good ideas out there. And I think uh, the time has come after, you know, four to five years of, of – DraftKings soccer scoring being kind of set the way it is, I think it's definitely a good time to evaluate a few changes. And for me, it would be tightening the range of the prices on the goalkeeper scoring, and then lowering the uh, points scored for saves to one point. And uh, I think that would make uh, sort of decrease the variance in the range of outcomes on that position a little bit. But what do you think? I think that's the right idea if keeping goalkeeper is necessary. Like I think we so, should. So you would just, just get rid of the position altogether. Yeah. I would. Yep. I liked your idea of making them all the same price too, because then it's just like you know, do it you know, to pick your poison. But you then want, again, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, then again, the then the randomness would probably just kill you so hard. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think the lowering saves to one, I think, makes it more reasonable. I I think it's weird. I think the win stat is weird, um, just because it's a it like defenders get clean sheet bonuses mm -hmm. as do goalkeepers. But for some reason, the goalkeeper has also decided, they've also decided to give them the win. Um, so I, right. I, I don't, I, I feel like they, when think. they, when they invented this game, when DraftKings sort of said, sat down and looked at soccer and said, all right, we're going to have a soccer game. How should we score it? They just kind of felt like, well, goal, goalies are important. We got to have, you know, the goalkeeper needs to have some stats. You know, there's not a ton of stats you can, put on a goalkeeper so they just had this well what if they win the game give them a bonus you know like i, I don't know if that's exactly how it happened but i think some peripheral stats like uh, claims is one we always talk about in, in the discord like you know when a goalie comes up and uh rips the the corner kick out of the air before any attackers can get it give them a quarter point for that you know or something like that just to add a little bit more peripheral uh count you know accumulation stats for keepers i think it would help you out, help out a lot as well so do you know why I think that's not a good idea because of how much you'll tilt when it's very clear that the guy <laughs> should have claimed the ball and instead he punched it. Oh yeah. That's a great point. And you're that's like, Oh, well that that's a point, right? Because it was a cross and he got it and you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. He has to actually catch it with two he has hands. To catch it. Yeah. Um, well, it'd, so... be, it'd be as t about as tilting as interceptions, I suppose for the field players. So oh, I, I actually, the worst I'm okay with ever. interceptions. I'm okay with them. They're half are you a okay? point, so they, they're are not going okay? like... Are you okay with how Opta scores interceptions? Because I've uh, the, when you watch a game and see your guy clearly intercept a pass and take it the other way, and then the score never comes in, and you just wonder how how they're deciding what is and isn't an interception. That's why I hate that stat. But. I think um, I think the difference, and I think what a lot of people think is an interception, is actually a um, a ball recovery. I can't believe I'm going into this, but I, I, an interception is a is a uh, essentially a stolen pass, and I think a lot of times like players will recover a ball that somebody is like dribbling. It's a, like a steal almost, and like a steal is not the same as an interception. Um, but the more I talk about it, it does sound dumber and dumber. Um, yeah, we've officially. <laughs> I think we're done. I yeah, think we're good yeah. to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's all we have uh, for this this week. If uh, you'd like to find uh, Daniel on Twitter, he is at, at trippinb underscore. I'm at Rotowire Andrew. 
Um, we're also available in the Rotowire Discord, which we mentioned a few times here. I don't think that there is a more popular place to discuss uh, DraftKings MLS than the Rotowire Discord. So if you uh, are a listener of the podcast and would like to get in, uh, it is for subscribers, but you can go to rotowire.com slash chat. If you are not a subscriber and would like to try us out, that's okay. You get access to the to the, um, to the Discord while your uh, trial period is there. Just go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. It's a 10-day trial. No credit card required. All free. Um, so I mean, what do you have to lose? So uh, join us. Daniel, thank you for all that, and good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.